0: Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to my channel. Thank you for your likes, shares and subscribes. I'm going to do a mini-series. I like to do it in many parts. And this one is about the principle of exaltation and debilitation. You go to these traditional Vedic astrologers and they'll just mind blow you out with these concepts. I'm trying to demystify it a little bit, simplify it a little bit, probably. And my hope is towards the end of these Sessions. If you're coming across this video midway, then watch the rest of them also because we have to cover about seven planets and all the 12 ascendants. Yeah, so it's going to take a little time, and I'm breaking it up into parts number of parts, how much and how many parts that takes, so that it's not too exhausting to digest the concepts. And my hope is at the end of this exercise, we will have a better idea all these parts combined about what is defined as a functional benefic and a functional malefic as defined by the Vedic Astrology Principles and why it is the importance of ascendant and ascendant sign, zodiac sign is so crucial to understand because we each one of us has a limited perspective depending on what ascendant we are and we tend to look at the world and everything around us that way. So. I had a download which I am translating into all these slides which is very interesting because I will try to personify the planet as if the planet walks into a room or walks into a bar, sun walks into a bar and sees what around, like a public place, like a bar or a restaurant or a party. So I am trying to personify the planets to for ease of understanding, okay, how the perception varies and therefore what it translates to each and every one of the twelve descendants. This is just so that you get a good understanding and a grasp of what is the limited perception of every Ascendant and how it plays out from houses 1 to 12 in each of the Ascendant chart and why it is so and it's not necessarily all the time bad and good that's a very limited way of perceiving the world as you know so let's get right into it. And I'll stick the same video in every one of them so that, you know, whichever one you come across, see the rest of them, okay? Take care, be safe. So now let's discuss Venus. Venus and the friend, enemy and neutral column are there. So Venus is friendly with Mercury and Saturn, as you can see in the table there. Venus is animical or has enemies In sun and moon. Venus is neutral to Mars and Jupiter. Now, how does this play out in terms of personification? We are trying to understand the psychology of the planets, how they interact with one another and how this plays out in the chart. In the different ascendants, Venus governs two ascendants, Taurus and Libra. So, we will see that later on in this video. So, Venus personification. Venus walks into the room or into the bar if you choose and says I like that man who is shrewd in business matters Mercury and that sober serious woman Saturn I would prefer not to engage with that pompous woman Sun pomposity, or that emotional drama queen right which is the moon so this is how the venus perceives okay and venus also says i find those action oriented guys mars and the college professor kind of guys jupiter to be curious it's like you're curious but you're neutral to it you're not liking or disliking there is no polarity there neutral means basically there's no polarity in the planet for these other planets so venus is pretty neutral to mars and jupiter But it is very inimical to the sun and the moon. So this is how you personify the planets. This is how you study the psychology behind it. Okay. Now let us see the two ascendants and how it plays out. Because Venus rules the ascendant of Taurus and of Libra. Two signs. One is earth sign, one is air sign. Let's see how this plays out. So there you have the Taurus ascendant. Yeah, by nakshatras and you see placement of houses. So ascendant starts from two, which is Taurus, and it goes all the way up till Aries in the twelfth house, which is number one. Yeah. So I have shown the first house till the twelfth house here, and I have also marked friends and enemies and neutrals here with respect to that chart over there, which we just saw. So Venus, talking of Taurus. Now Taurus, remember, is an earth sign. It's very grounded. Earthly and fixed, yeah. It rajasic, female, and fixed sign. So, what does it provide this Venus? Venus has two colors one is very earthly, one is very airy, mental, right? So, you might say the aesthetic sense of Venus varies between grounding it in the earthly form and between thinking and conceiving in the mind, which is the Libra. Okay, so in Taurus first let's see where the friendly signs of venus come in mercury and saturn now mercury and saturn rule four houses yeah mercury rules gemini and libra saturn rules aquarius and capricorn so wherever virgo and gemini fall and wherever aquarius and capricorn fall the taurus ascendant will have friendly energies towards those houses in the case of taurus ascendant it falls in second house. Gemini falls in the second house, as you can see, which means what? For a Taurus ascendant, the elder siblings will be friendly to them. Second house is also for the elder siblings. yeah. Whereas if they have younger siblings, they will have enemies. Why Cancer falls in the third house? Third house is also for the younger siblings. Taurus is also having fierce, competitive Energies coming into their lives why because fourth house is for peers your peer group your competitive group people you study with people you do business with your competitors in business okay so Taurus and ascendant will have challenges with respect to third house areas because it's an inimical sign why because cancer is ruled by moon and venus is inimical towards moon It will also have challenges with the home front, with the matters of the heart, the emotional front. Why? Because Leo falls in the fourth house for a Taurus ascendant. As you can see, number five is marked ruled by the sun and it's an enemy sign, as you can see in the table there. So, Tauran ascendants will have two challenging areas through life or what we call as functional malefics. They are not malefics by themselves. Nothing is malefic or bad by itself. It's a relative term. Why? Because Venus puts on a pink colored glasses and looks at the world from the ascendant. Therefore, the house number three matters of that house and matters of the fourth house, heart, mother, homeland, etc. are challenging to the Taurus ascendant. Now let's the friendly ones, Mercury and Saturn. So house number two, the elder siblings, home, family, everything works out well for the Taurus and it's generally a good area for them. Children, romance, house, family, um, speculative gains, education is also friendly because the fifth house is ruled by Virgo and Taurus being an earth sign, they are very grounded in that respect. So if, for example, if Mercury falls there, Mercury is exalted in the sixth house, these people will be very good business people, right? Just giving you an example there. So is the sixth house. Sixth house is for daily work, routines, etc. So their health also, and it's also for health and diseases, so their health also will be generally good. And especially if Saturn is placed there, which is friendly to Venus, it will do good there. It will give them a good sense of work, ethic, slow and deliberate and systematic, structured, disciplined work. Okay. Now, seventh house is neutral, meaning what? They are not paying much attention to the spouse area of life. Not too much. It's there. It's like many things are there on this table. I'm not paying attention to that. Think of neutral that way. Lots of things are there around us all the time. Lots of people are there around us all the time. But we choose to put on a lens and see one specific aspect and kind of tend to focus on that. Look at astrology and the psychology of astrology this way. It will help. Now, 8th house is neutral, Ninth house is a friend. We tend to look at friend and enemy more because this is a polarized world. So just look at the friends and enemies. So friends in the ninth house, meaning higher philosophy, foundational aspect of world view, means what is your view of the world? What do you think of the world? Taurus tends to focus on that as well. The 5th and the ninth house are good for the Taurus ascendant. the 10th house, the area of work is also good for them. So if there are good planets, for example, in 11th house, if Saturn is placed there, it gives them a very good sense of work. Saturn becomes exalted there, right? Because it's in its own sign of Aquarius and it's good for Venus. Saturn and Venus are friends. So, 6th house and 10th house means career matters. If Saturn is placed for a Taurus ascendant, it becomes really good for them, right? Supports it. So, in that context, you can't say Saturn is always malefic. You, you see where I'm coming from. Now, in the 12th and 11th house, there's not much going on because it's neutral, right? So, this is the way you perceive and see how energies work for a Taurus ascendant. Now, now let's switch over to the Libra ascendant because things shift there. So now we are seeing the Libra ascendant in the chart. This is a blank chart of a Libra ascendant. And number seven comes now in the first house, which is Libra. This is also ruled by Venus but with a different taste, different touch because Libra is an air sign. It's a Rajasic movable male air sign. So it looks at the outward world and it goes out. Its energy goes out into the world from the mental plane. Okay? Air sign. Now, let us see again back to where Venus falls in here. Friendly houses are Mercury houses and Saturn houses, which is Gemini, uh, Virgo and Capricorn and Aquarius. So for the Libra ascendant, if you have noticed, it is a completely opposite to the aries ascendant this you will find everywhere right because they are aries and libra are opposite to one another the sunrise and the sunset the both the equinoxes as i talked about before so this one libra guy will find friends in 10th and 11th house the saturn houses first 10th house sorry 4th house and the 5th house which is 10th and 11th So, 4,000, 5,000 matters are friendly to the Libran, okay? So, matters of the home, they're always comfortable in home. They're always comfortable with the children. And since it is Aquarius, you can also stretch it to the Libran kids. The children of a Libran Ascendant will always have a little eccentricity. They will always be a little different. There's an Aquarian signature to the children of the Libran Ascendant. You can stretch it this way. Also the ninth house. 8th house and the ninth house matters are friendly to the Libran. Why? Because it is ruled by Venus and by Gemini. You see, Taurus falls in 8th house. So for them, matters of occult, mysticism, transformation are very fascinating to the Libran. Why? Because it's a friendly house. They look, tend to look at the friendly houses more. Every one of them. Every one of these ascendants. Ninth house matters. They love philosophy, higher education, higher view of life, wisdom, because this area also becomes a focus. It's a friendly house. It's ruled by Mercury and Mercury is friendly to Venus. You see? Now, if you take 10th house, this is a challenging area for the Libra. 10th house is for career, but it is ruled by the moon. So ruled by the moon, any house which is ruled by the moon typically tends to vary in their life, right? So Libran's have a challenge on the hands, career-wise. Why? Libran Ascendant faces constant changes in career because Cancer rules that house. And also, it's an enemy sign. So they have an emotional attachment to work, yet they're having constant changes through the work area and the career area. And it's an enemy sign because it's ruled by the Moon. And Venus does not like the Moon. That's why it becomes challenging for them also challenging for them is the next one which is ruled by the sun because venus does not like the sun and which is the eleventh house of gains of elder siblings of money received from the world right gains economic gains fulfillment of desires is also the eleventh house whatever we desire we wish for a number of things but not necessary we may get all of it some part of it probably now that becomes an enemy house for a Libra ascendant because Venus, which rules the first house, does not like the sun. You can analyze this in another way also. Twelfth house is ruled by Mercury, so they are very fond of spirituality and wisdom. See, 9th house and 12th house, and 8th house, 8, 9 and 12, Libra is very fond of. So Libra and Ascendant is usually very focused on matters of spirituality. Ask me, I know. Anyway, so, um, what was I saying? You've got to understand this in terms of psychology. Venus is the one whose artistic, aesthetic, culture, arts, drama, music. These things fascinate both Taurus and Libra. But they approach it in different ways because of this. One is an earth sign, one is an air sign. So it, there, right there is the difference in approach. Both are needed, both are necessary because we approach to, in the world of duality, in this realm of duality, we approach everything in two different ways, specific to what we think, specific to what our ascendant is and the placement of planets is. So this is the way it works. And person who is aesthetically attuned will like to know more intellectual aspect about it, will like to work the puzzle. That's why friendly with Mercury and Saturn. You can also look at it that way it does not like egotistical claim, artistry is not about egotistical claim and not about emotional drama about it, that's why it does not like the sun and the moon, whereas Mars and Jupiter are action oriented guys and wisdom guys, they have nothing against it, okay you are there, you don't bother me too much. So that my dear friends is the story of Venus. Next let us see Mercury, next video we will do Mercury, take care, be safe.